back to the podcast. Welcome back, guys. It is week 12 of the Freedom and Scrubs podcast. Week 12. Episode 12. We are currently, as we record this, we have just ended our last day of work, mm-hmm. which is crazy. We're taking off for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. We're heading to Las Vegas on Friday. Travcon, baby. For five days in Vegas, which is, is it five or six? It's five days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday. Oh my God, six days in Vegas. The first year we ever went, it was my first year at TravCon and my first year in Vegas. Period. Do you remember this? And oh, I was yeah. like, we were only How could there. I forget. <laughs> we were only there for three days, and I was literally crawling to the airplane. I was so sick. I had like pneumonia Dude, and like AIDS. You had bronchitis. <laughs> I did have bronchitis. I got so sick. Well, you were. I remember you were crying, saying. I just hope our flight isn't delayed. Oh my god, I couldn't have stayed one more second. Yeah, and then you you walk through the airport and all you hear is ding 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 oh ding 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 ding. And the cigarettes. It's like, <laughs> no matter what time it is, that you can guarantee there's somebody smoking, somebody drinking, somebody gambling. Mm-hmm. It's just mayhem. So I don't know how we're gonna do a six full. We did that last year. Last year we did four. So this will be mm-hmm. the longest because we extended for an entire two days because we usually leave Wednesday morning, like first thing we fly out. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we extended two days because on Friday or so, Thursday, we're leaving right from Vegas to go to Paris. Yep. So, and you guys are currently listening to this when we are in Barcelona, Spain. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys can stay with us on that. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. Stay with us here. So... We're coming to you from the future. When this goes live, we will be in Barcelona, currently sipping sangria, eating grilled octopus, and living our best life. As Kim calls it, eating puss, which I don't think goes over very well. I love eating puss. <laughs> I love when you eat puss or, wow. and I watch. <laughs> wow. Or pulpo. Pulpo. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so excited. I know. So yeah, that's what that's what's happening. We're just getting ready for that. Um, for those of you guys who don't know us, mm-hmm. welcome to the pod. We yes. are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. We are healthcare travelers traveling for the past seven years. We're the creators of the online course Travelers School and the Facebook group Freedom and Scrubs. And, and we're also speakers at Travcon. So oh that's where Travcon's like the work trip. Yep. And then, you know, we have three talks to give, I think four technically, um, and then we have the Allied Room, we have the party, and then we, we, are, we are taking Paris and Barcelona to ourselves. Oh my gosh, it's just going to be like a deep breath, because so, yeah. we have been working our little butts off the last couple of months, and so Paris and Barcelona is like our playtime. Yeah. And so we are on the committee for TravCon, and we're speakers there, and we speak at universities. Any chance we can get a microphone, we're there to speak. We are there. Oh, and we're the creators of this podcast. <laughs> you didn't get the memo on that. Yeah. And, P.S., if you're enjoying this podcast, again, we're 12 episodes in at this point, wow. which is really cool. If you're enjoying it, please... Share it with your friends. Tell your friends. Anybody you think might enjoy it and might add value to their life and subscribe and leave us a review. Not Mm -hmm. only just rating us five stars, (laughs) but leaving us your feedback. What do you think? What do you think about this episode? We love hearing from you guys. Yeah, Um, we made it super easy for you. You can go to freedominscrubs.com, the name of the podcast.com, and everything is there for you. Leave a review. You can check us out and check out Traveler School. And all the things. All the things. You can contact us there. All right. So this episode, we are getting into the pros and cons of travel life and really the things, the things that you want to know. We say cons. I really, in my personal opinion, I don't feel like there's any cons. I agree. With traveling, but the things that you really want to think about and prepare for life on the road because it's totally different than living just a normal, stable, full-time lifestyle. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's actually the talk we're giving at Newbie Boot Camp. Yes. So we're going to practice with you guys. And it's one of our favorite talks. We've we've done this in, in our group, um, kind of, sort of, but we've fine-tuned it and made it amazing. And we're excited to bring it to the Newbie Boot Camp of TravCon and now to you guys. It's the first time we've ever spoken at Newbie Boot Camp. And there's like hundreds of travelers. It's going to be great. Ah, This is our biggest... 
We've done talks in front of people, but this will be the biggest audience that Just we keeps have. Just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, I'm nervous. All right, so that okay, let's, said, get let's in. do it. Okay, so here we go. We're going to go through. Wait, what are we doing? We're going. We're going to do the pros and cons of travel. Okay, life. you start. Okay. So anyway, I actually am starting the talk with this fun little fact that I think all of you out there will enjoy. Um, when Kim and I left TravCon last year, we went to the Summit of Greatness, which was amazing. It's actually going on tomorrow. Oh my God, we're supposed to be in Ohio. I know, and we have tickets and everything, and we just... And we never even tried to sell them. What losers. What a waste of money. Gosh. Anyway, it was, it's one, of the, most, go, one go. of the most epic events out there mm -hmm. i think personally um what nothing um and so we went to one of the workshops and roy vaden was the speaker and at one point he was actually the second best speaker in the world he was at toastmasters competitions and was rated second best and he started his talk off with this really cool um, fact and it was a study done by the harvard business review and basically what they did was they polled audiences at any given time during a speaker's talk or presentation and what they came up with was 11% of the audience at any given time was actually retaining what the speaker was saying. Whereas 22% of the audience at any given time was thinking about their own personal problems. But this is where it really got interesting. 67% of people who were pulled at any given time during the talk were actually having sexual fantasies, which is absolutely crazy. So I don't know what you're doing on the other side of this mic microphone. That's funny though, because it like... It just, that puts me at ease and makes me feel more comfortable because I feel like the people, like the person on stage is nervous and they're wondering, you know, what the audience is thinking and blah, blah, blah. But the audience is legit thinking on their phone, mm -hmm. thinking about their own issues or thinking about sex. Like that seems well, about right. So I can just relax. And then can you imagine? <laughs> they don't even care what I'm saying. We're also in Vegas. So I think that's Everyone's like hungover. That's another whole Hungover thing. and having more sexual fantasies because you can pretty much do anything in Vegas. Oh my gosh. So we so, yeah. have no pressure on our so, yeah, that's two-thirds of the audience at any given time is having sexual fantasies. That's hilarious. I wonder how they know that, though. I guess, or how many people were being honest. Right. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I don't know how they came up I with love, it. I'm going gonna, gonna to keep that, though, in the back of my mind because that will help me relax and not feel nervous. I mean, and it's then a I'll Harvard just, Business Review, so... You I mean, know if it's Harvard, it's legit, exactly. right? It's got to be real. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. So, the first thing that we want to talk about, and again... You know, if you guys know us, anybody who knows us knows that we are obsessed with traveling and we always try to recruit everybody to the travel life because it's such an awesome life. It has literally changed our lives in so many amazing ways, just the freedom, everything it's brought in. And we always talk about why you should travel and all the pros and all the cool things that it brings into your life. But for this talk, we wanted to focus on more of the... The con side, which like I said earlier, I don't think there's necessarily any cons, mm -mm. but it's just the things that are real, that are a part of this gig and things that you really want to think about to set yourself up for success, to prepare for life on the road because it's totally, totally different well, again, than I don't think any other life, I don't I think, think they're cons like you said, but I think this is something that travelers see a lot Yeah, from living on the road and, and this is what comes up a lot in the group. Yeah. Um, and so it is something that's out there that people are very aware of. Oh, 100%. Okay. So the first thing is, as a traveler... Healthcare traveler. Me, of course, we're talking about healthcare, healthcare <laughs> travelers. You're going to be moving around all the time. All the time. And obviously, that's like a no-brainer, right? You're a traveler. And as a traveler, you're going to be traveling. So mm -hmm. every couple of months, you're essentially picking up your life. And you're moving it to an entirely new location. Every three months, you're on the go. You're living life in motion. And honestly, that's one of our favorite parts about traveling. Like, I love the actual physical travel part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, our road trips, we always have so much fun. And we get to go through so many different places that we probably would never normally go through or stop at. And we also get to stop at a lot more places because you have the bladder of an ant. Exactly. We get to see, like, all the things. <laughs> And then once you get to a new town, it's new and it's exciting and it's fun. And all the things that 
a new town. <laughs> what was I saying? What? <laughs> okay. All the things a new town brings. All the things. It's fun. Like my favorite part is getting to a new city and exploring it and researching it and finding. Okay, this is where we're gonna go for dinner. Here's a cool cafe. Here's a hike. Here's a brewery. Like I love the newness of going to a new city. It's fun, and so. While it's fun, the flip side of that and the the reality of that is that every couple of months you're physically packing up your stuff and transporting it to an entirely new location. Mm -hmm. And so however you get to your contract, we drive pretty Mm -hmm. much everywhere. But if you drive, if you fly, take a train, whatever you do, you have to transport your stuff to wherever you're going and then get settled into a brand new place that you know nothing about. So finding housing, finding where your new contract's going to be, your commute, your growth, like the simple things, your grocery store, your gym, like all of that stuff that comes into getting into a new routine in a new city. It's fun, but on the flip side, it feels, it can feel really draining and overwhelming. And that can really wear you out over time when you're doing it consistently every couple of months. Mm -hmm. And it can lead to burnout, which is a real thing in our industry. Absolutely. I think, you know, traveler burnout, and this is coming from two people talking to you right now that have zero desire of stopping travel. So we love it. Like Kim said at the beginning, we tell everybody to travel because it's amazing. But coming from two travelers that want to keep traveling, it has happened to us and it hit us pretty big. Like we had huge moments. Um, And one of them actually just happened. I was actually filling, I was uh, completing my assignment at Yale Mm -hmm. and we're in Connecticut and we're having the talk because we start six weeks out. Kind of like, what are we doing? Where are we feeling? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And the thought of packing up our stuff. And going to a new place and starting a new contract and doing all the things that we had to do, finding a new routine, just felt so overwhelming to us. Yeah. And we literally, literally were like, we're done. We're done. Let's go back to Jacksonville. Let's get some PRN jobs at our old hospital where we, where you and I met. Where we met. Um, uh, The manager there is amazing. He's a good friend. And he was like, you're always welcome back here. So I was like, let's take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, Kim and I did the interviews. We. Dude, we went through orientation. We went through orientation. And so what was crazy about that is it actually got pushed back a month. We were supposed to start orientation in November Mm -hmm. and it got pushed to December because we didn't have some paperwork or something happened or we missed it. Um, and so whatever the reason, Kim and I were home in Jackson and Jacksonville, we bought, we had an apartment we rented. We rented, we got a lease for nine months. We signed a nine month lease and then got furniture because we own nothing because we were travelers mm-hmm. and filled the apartment with furniture. Like we were nesting. We were, we were so nesting. into just being done traveling. We wanted to be off the road. We, we were did. pooped. Yeah. We, we were burnout. And so... We literally had that month of no orientation, no work. I mean, we were working on our side business at Traveler School and all the things like that. So we had things to do. But we started orientation. Two days into orientation, Kim and I look at each other and we're like, what are we doing? And we had this catastrophic moment, this huge moment of like, it's not that we don't want to travel. We were just so burnt out. We just needed some time off. And all that motion and all that time of finding a new routine really got to us. And we... Literally had to go to our manager and be like, yo, I'm sorry we made a mistake. Kim and I don't want to stop traveling. We want to get back out on the road. We love the adventure. All we needed was some time off. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We ended up with a contract the next week. Well, and here's the interesting thing too is that, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, listening to your gut and following your intuition and all of that, even if it doesn't make sense on paper, right? If you guys go back to one of our first episodes when we got into why or how we started traveling and why, we talk a lot about how it didn't make sense on paper, but we had to do it anyways, best decision we ever made. It was kind of the same situation because we thought it felt bad shit crazy on paper to say after all of this and starting ending our orientation about to start in the department and then coming back and saying actually just kidding (laughs) we do not want to work here breaking a nine month lease having to get out of our lease and being stuck with all we bought a bed we bought a couch we we bought an entire office we wanted to buy murals oh my god we bought a whole office 
Like we were, we, we got ourselves into the situation and then to be like all of a sudden just wipe our hands of it and say, just kidding. Like it was a huge decision to make, but going back to that, we, we followed our gut and we listened to our hearts, even though at the time it was scary. Cause we're like, what have we done? Like we mm-hmm. got ourselves in this hole. Now we have to dig ourselves out of it. But in the long run, it was the best decision we ever made. Once again, but I, I think that's a usual. good point, though. I, I never really even thought deeply into that or, yeah. or even talked about it. But again, this wasn't something lightly. Like, we had to return all this stuff. We had to eat a bunch of costs. Yeah. The nine-month lease was we had to hope somebody moved in to take it off our hands or else we would have been paying the whole nine months for it. Yeah. And we had a contract lined up, ready to go. Yeah. So we had to move out. And of course, leaving our families again. And they're like, I knew it. I knew it. I know. It's funny because when we told our families we were coming home to Florida to, to, to move back, at least for nine months, you know, my sister was like, I'll believe that when I actually see your vehicle pull into my driveway. <laughs> and even then. And now it's like we actually did pull into the driveway and we stayed for about a month or was it a month or two? Month I don't remember. And then we ended up leaving again. And now I think they've just completely washed their hands of us. They don't believe anything that we say. They're like, you, we, you guys do you. We don't want to know anything. Right. Because we're not getting our hopes up anymore. But again, and we're going off on a scenic route like we usually do. But I think, too, there was that thing that was pulling at our, at our guts in yeah. Connecticut. And we had to go explore that in order to cross that off the list. Yeah. And just know that that's not what we really wanted. But if we wouldn't have explored it... We'd probably be sitting here talking on the podcast, like, how fun would it be just to go back home and get an apartment and hang out? Yeah. But we know now that that is not in our cards. Right. And that's a great point because for, I think for a couple of years, we had really gone back and forth with exploring the idea of possibly going back to Florida and working PRN and settling down for a little bit and working in our business full time and working and just like trying to feel how like what would that would look like and feel like and we'd go back and forth and back and forth and it was almost like we just had to do it because we just had to see how it was going to feel and now we've done it and it wasn't like we just we did it we went through the motions of it like we had a gorgeous apartment Mm. that was one block from the ocean oh you could hear the waves crashing you could hear the waves you could see the ocean from our office it was a beautiful apartment in the exact location that we would want to go and so it if we could plan to move back to florida and what that would look like we designed that while we were there and even though it all seemed to add up it still didn't feel right to us there was always a sinking feeling kind of just like how we felt when we lived at our home before we started traveling it was just that sinking feeling of like it wasn't clicking it didn't I never felt settled I never like eased into it it just felt like this seems great it feels great to be near family it feels great to be near the ocean but like something's wrong mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's, something isn't right this doesn't feel right and it kept burning and burning and burning and then finally one day before we're supposed to start our prn jobs we were just like we gotta listen because if we've learned anything is listening to that inner voice within because it 100%. always knows exactly what you need to do and even if everything externally looks batshit crazy listen to that voice because it's always right and absolutely. it always has been for us absolutely you know so okay. I guess getting into what so so here's <laughs> things the thing. you can so do. We talked about yeah. So we talked about traveler burnout, which is a real thing, and so there's a couple of things that can really help with burnout because if you plan on traveling for if you're in it for the long game, like we've been seven years in, it's it's gonna happen at some point. And so there's a couple of things. So the first thing is you can always extend a contract. Well, I say always, not always the case, not but always. most of the time. Mm-hmm. So typically a contract is 13 weeks. And a lot of times they'll want you to stay for a longer period of time. And I think that's a really great option if you really like the place and you like the city, you like the people and it feels good. It's a great way just to kind of ground down a little bit, stay settled for a little bit longer because three months go so fast. It does. And it's oh, like we would, my contract ended last week. My contract ended August 10th. I know. That's insane. Yeah. So it's like before. I'm almost one month over right. my initial three months. Right. And that went 
Like that. It's, it goes by in a blink of an eye, honestly. And so to be able to extend for a little bit longer can feel really good because then you have more time just to kind of stay put. So we, like we just said, we just extended and we would have had to find a new place to live, find a new contract, go to Vegas, come back. It felt so overwhelming. And so making the decision to extend until November, maybe February, I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like it feels so good just to stay put, Mm -hmm. stay put. And so if that's an option, that's a great route to go down if it feels good. And then the second thing, and this is our favorite part about traveling, is the ultimate freedom, is that when you end a contract, you can take time off in between. So the beauty of being a traveler is you get to work when you want and take off when you want. Well, I always say you're a self-employed healthcare professional. Yeah. And so, which leads into the next point is that if you want to take time off, as a traveler, you don't have to ask for PTO. You don't have to ask for permission. You can take as much time off in between contracts to do whatever you need to do to reboot and to fill your tank back up so you're ready to get back into the game again. And really quick looking at it. So, for instance, my contract ended August 10th. Kim was still on contract until today. Today yeah. was supposed to be the end of her contract. Yeah. So, it was the signed deal, right? When you first started, it was June 3rd through... September 3rd or 4th. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So basically, I extended to the end, and then Kim and I said, if you do want us to come back, we'll be happy to, but we have this time off. Yeah. And then we also extended until November 9th, and we were like, well, we have plans in November. So we'll extend until February if we can have this time off. And so mm-hmm. that's what's the the beauty of manipulating your schedule like that. 100%. Like, there's so much freedom there. Um, I mean, I'm taking, it's funny because, you know, I the uh, like the girls I work with, the one, they get two weeks off a year. And where we work, they are not able to get any more than that. So even if they're like, I'm willing to go without pay for a month, it's still denied. It is not their choice. They have to have the PTO in the bank in order to take the time off. And at this contract, I will have taken two weeks off right now, right? For two and a half. Two and a half. And then two more weeks in November. So that's four weeks off in a matter of a couple of months. And again, nobody's going to tell me no. It's my choice. And I love the freedom of that. It's the ultimate freedom. And what was I going to say? Ultimate freedom, taking time off, PTO. But I mean, basically to the point of the worst thing that they can say is, no, we're not going to resign well, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because, you know, we're doing, we're going to Vegas for five, six days, and then we're doing a quick trip, Paris three nights, Barcelona three nights, super quick. Now, would we would have loved to have extended that, and we probably could, but because we knew we were going to come back, we were not going to, we're going to be gone for a month because we right. were coming back. But had we, you know, signed a contract somewhere else, we, we could have pushed the start date back and gave ourselves more time. 100%. So, anyways, there's two of my favorite stories that we want to share just to Quickly. kind of, yeah, just to <laughs> kind of put some context around different ways that you can create your own travel yeah. life in a way that feels good to you and how we've taken time to like reboot and do what we needed to do. To come back mm-hmm. and feel good and feel energized and feel ready to get into the well, next Well, the first contract. one was a major burnout. Yeah, we talked. I feel like we've talked about this on another pod. I think we did. So I'll just say this real quick. When uh, this was like two years ago and we were both working in Seattle, both taking a contract and we just felt like completely cooked, completely burnt out, just like not in a great place. Like we just needed to check out. And so we decided we bought a one-way ticket to Bali We had no idea how long we were going to be gone for. We didn't know when we were coming back. We were like, we're moving there. We actually told our recruiters, bye. Yeah, we're like, bye. Like, we ain't coming back. We have no idea. And so, um, so anyways, long story short, we ended up being there for five months. And it was one of the best experiences of our lives. And, you know, again, we went and we did what we needed to do. 
to feel good. And we had the revelation at, at one point when we were in Thailand and we were like, okay, like it's time to come back. It's time to come back. We need money, get back to work. We miss our dog, all of the things. And so we sent out an email to one of our recruiters that we, he's like our first go-to person. And we're like, hey, like we're back. Like this is our start date. What's happening in the travel world? We're, we're ready to get back in the game. And he was like, awesome. Like, welcome back guys. And send us a list of jobs that were available. And Aaron ended up taking a interview in the middle of the Manila airport, which is in the Philippines at like two in the morning and got a job offer. And so we could just relax and enjoy the rest of our time in the Philippines and then know that we are going to come home, pick up the pug, of course, do a cross country road trip per usual Always. and get back in the game. Right. And it was super, super easy. It's like when we're ready to come back, we could. Well, and I think a little bit on that story, even with the Thailand thing, you know, Kim and I not only had a revelation of like wanting to come home because of all the things that she listed, but we actually had a huge appreciation for what we do. Mm-hmm. And, and the traveling. Yeah. And we were literally, like I said, when we left Seattle, we were like, we're burning our scrubs. You will never see us in another hospital. Yeah. I mean, it was major. But then we're in Thailand and we had this huge revelation. I was crying in a, uh, in a, a salad moment. place because I was just like, wow, like I appreciate what we do. And it's a really awesome adventure that we get to live. And I love every minute of it. Yeah. And so we just needed that space because when do you actually give yourself the time in your everyday busy, busy, busy life to really, you know, check in and see what's important to you and really get to experience life in an awesome way that really brings out these emotions and these things that you can stop and feel Mm -hmm. and then realize what's important. A hundred percent. And traveling gives you that freedom. I think we had a a total just perspective change of instead of being annoyed and mad and like hating healthcare, we took the time we needed and, you know, did our own work and then came back to the gratitude for the jobs that we have that support our life, that support our lifestyle, that support us pursuing passion projects, that support us traveling and taking time. So it was a really, really special moment. It, it honestly changed the course of our life from that moment forward 100%. and our mindsets moving forward. And so we needed that time and it was like, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Well, and on top of that, we just recently had the opportunity um, to go build the first ever IR department mm-hmm. in Tanzania with the Rad Aid Foundation and it teamed up with ASRT, which and is Yale. really cool. And Yale and Emory and Stanford and all the really awesome facilities. Um, they're building an IR department from scratch mm-hmm. and it's volunteer work and you go over there and we got to spend three weeks. And what was crazy was when I was at Yale, I heard about this project and a, and a couple of the people that really wanted to go couldn't go because of why? They didn't have the paid time off to go. Yeah. And that's crazy that they wanted to go and volunteer and do something amazing in this world. But because they didn't have enough PTO saved, they couldn't go. Yeah. Like that's nuts it's to fucking me. fucking bullshit. It really is. And that's like Our crazy to think about. So it really up. is messed up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that really, I, I was lit up by that because I told them I'm going to be available in April um, and I'm going to make it work. And so basically what the story is is Kim and I worked up until the day we left for Africa. I got done on April 4th. We flew out April 5th. We spent three amazing weeks over there, went on a safari, went to Zanzibar, Mm. and really had a life-changing moment with the people in Tanzania. Best trip of my life. Best trip of my life. And then we came home, and I already knew the contracts. It's the contracts we're in now. Kim and I both interviewed before we left for Africa, drove across the country again, and started our contracts in California, but we were able to manipulate that schedule to make it work to go do this amazing adventure that literally opened up a new place in my heart for the work that I want to do. A hundred percent. And that's all possible because of traveling. Exactly. And, you know, there. so that's, that's such an amazing part of traveling, but the reality of that also is that there's things that you have to do there to is. really prep and prepare yourself. When you don't work, you don't get paid. So that's on you of the things that you need to think about to be able to take this time off. Right. So, and Kim, and I, Kim and I took like four years really getting clear, really paying down our, our bills. And so, you know, I, I challenge you if this sounds really awesome is to really look at your bills. Look at what you have. Look at what it's going to take for you to take extended amounts of time off and get very clear on that because the last thing you want to do is go 
you know, to Southeast Asia for five or six months and then be worried the whole time how you're going to make things work. And, and some people get out and, and can do that. I'm not that type. And so it's better to really get clear on the bills that you have. Also, you know, insurance is a big thing. You got to really think about that. And so, you know, there's three options with finding your own plan or um, getting Cobra or risking it. Um, it's kind of the options that you have. So you really want to look into what fits your life. Um, also, you know, when, where is your next contract? You don't have to be like Kim and I and drive all the way across the country. You could set up a contract to be close to your, wherever you're going to land. And that way you can get there. So it's an easy trip. So it's an easy trip. But also one thing to really look at too is, um, knowing when you get paid too, because even when you get back and if you find your own housing, you have to pay for the down payment. You have to figure out. So all of that has to be budgeted in. And the more clear you are about that, the easier it is and the more freeing it is to take this time off. Yeah. Like just to put some context around it. For instance, this last time when we were coming back from Africa, we were driving to California and Aaron was starting his contract. We knew when Aaron's start date was. So we also knew when his first paycheck was going to be because it was a weekly pay. So we knew exactly when his first paycheck was going to be. So we looked at that and said, okay, this is how much time we have off. This is how many bills that we have. This is our situation. And so we were able to get a game plan around that and save for that. So we were prepared until we got paid next. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really big, that's an important part is to really factor in all of the things um, that you're responsible for, which kind of leads into the next point because one of the biggest pros that I feel, I mean, this, one of the things that has really changed our life in huge ways is traveling gives you this really unique opportunity to simplify your life, to really downsize your life and, and take a look at it and evaluate what do you actually need? What do you actually need? What are you using every single day? What's adding value to your life every day? Because you can't take everything with you. Just, it's impossible. You can only take so much. So it really gives you this this opportunity to kind of step back and evaluate and be intentional with what you're choosing to bring in your life every single day. What do you want to lug across the country? every couple of months yeah right and so it's it's almost like you're rebooting your life or starting over in a sense because it's a clean slate it's a really a great way to clean up your life and not just with the physical stuff because that's like that's that's a no-brainer that's obvious that you can't physically take all of your stuff but we've used travel to clean up our life in all the ways with our finances with our bills with our debts and really just trying to simplify our lives and in all of the ways so that we have more freedom period because the less that you have the easier this whole thing is going to be well not even just the whole thing it actually the less you have helps with burnout because you and I can be in and out of an apartment or a house in like four hours yeah because we realize our first contract it was hell on earth loading up the truck and the car and then getting a, a trailer hitch. And well, then... again, like to put it that in context, like this took years to figure out. So mm-hmm. when we first started traveling, we had a four bedroom home. That is what we started with. Clearly we can't take a four bedroom home on wheels and take it with us. So we really had to look at it and be like, okay, what do we actually need? And we didn't, we'd never traveled before. We didn't know what we needed. Well, they didn't we weren't have, sure there what weren't we needed. There weren't podcasts like this. There wasn't groups like ours. Like Yeah, we, we were just have, lost. Yeah. So we loaded up from a four bedroom house. We loaded up two cars, Aaron's truck and my car, which well, we he talked towed. about it in that. When in, we are leaving. In the first contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a funny episode. If you go back, I forget. It's like episode four or something. But it's like our how we spent all of our money on our first contract in Atlanta. It's hilarious. But he's towing my car. And it's filled with God knows what. And once we got out there and we got on the road, we actually evaluated again. and was like, what do we actually need? Do we really need, you know, the blow up Santa and the Christmas ornaments and the books? We had like a bin of like textbooks and books. It's like, okay, we don't need, we don't need well, this. We stuff. had extension cords and toolboxes. Oh and we there was literally mess. what's cool about it is when you get to your contract, you know, we had to get an extra little storage area for our stuff that we had and we realized we never once went to that storage like closet yeah. and all that stuff just sat in there so we were like 
Let's donate it. Yeah. Let's get rid of it because we obviously don't need it. Yeah. And whatever you need, there's little ways to go get a little screwdriver set from Walmart or something yeah. for like eight bucks and it packs down. Yeah. So I, you, you learn as you go, but it is very overwhelming when you're starting travel, coming from a house, coming from buying all the things that you think you need, mm -hmm. but then getting on the road and realizing you don't really need anything, really. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you need stuff, obviously. You realize you need very little. And I think like one of my biggest rules and something I actually just had this thought to myself the other day as we're packing for our trip, we had duffel bags in the garage of the place we're staying at now filled with clothes and we brought and that shoes. stuff in so that we could go through some of it and see what we needed to take now granted some of the stuff was winter stuff and we're in summer so i'm like i obviously don't need to unpack that and put it in the closet whatever but some of the stuff it's like if i haven't wanted this or thought about it or wanted to wear it or you know have got made an effort to go get it I don't need it it's like if I haven't if we haven't used this for an entire contract or thought about it odds are you probably don't need it and you can let it go 100% you know what I mean it's like I was just talking to one of the girls I work with and and so we were she wanted to really declutter her kitchen so I was giving her some tips because I feel like that should be like my side job, mm -hmm. like my side hustle, because I love organizing and I feel like I'm really good at it and mm -hmm. I can be very clear and like, and I have no problem getting rid of You're things. You're a little extreme with what you get rid of. I know, I am. Because I'm just like, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But I told her the same thing. I'm like, listen, just really be intentional and say like, do you really use this? Or when's the last time you used it? If it's been a year, you probably don't need it. And if you need it one day, you can get another one. You know, mm -hmm. it's... We need way less than I think than we 100%. think that we do. And traveling really opened your eyes to see that, I yeah, think. Because when you're packing up your car every three months to six months and things aren't fitting and you're constantly throwing it away and evaluating, like, uh, something's got to go. Yeah. I mean, it really does force you to do that. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And so now over the years, we're seven years in, everything we own fits in our Jeep. Yeah. And it's simple and yeah. it's easy. But I really want to put in here too, it also depends on your why as well. I mean, if you're leaving your home and going to travel to pay down bills and to do things and have an adventure, but you're all, you're ultimately going to return back to your house, then you don't really need to like declutter unless you really want to. Um, but with us, you know, Kim and I want to be able to, whatever comes up, be able to get up and go. Yeah. And that means packing up our car and leaving it at the airport and leaving for five months if we wanted to, knowing that all of our stuff fits in our Jeep. That was our why. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing for this amount of time and also with our bills as well. So it really, just really getting clear on why you're traveling and what you want to get out of it. I think regardless, decluttering your life is 100%. such a positive thing to 100%. do. I don't care if you're full-time or not. I Living agree. with less and actually really evaluating the things that you have, I think it feels good. It just feels lighter. The less that we have as humans, the less responsibilities, the less stress, the less overhead, the less thoughts, like all of it. It just feels lighter. Mm -hmm. And with that, you have more freedom in all the ways. Absolutely. I love that. You want to get into the next one? Okay. So another huge one, and this is like a really big part of traveling. And we call this a con, but... And not everybody can handle it, mm -hmm. but... It is, you're always the new kid on the block. Yep. Like you, every couple of months, like think about it, like every couple of months, you're walking into a brand new environment, a brand new department that you know nothing about. And so you're walking in. And again, if you're in this for the long game, you're going to have a lot of first days. We've been traveling for seven years. I don't know how many first days I've had at this point. It's been a lot. It doesn't get easier. No. I still get butterflies. I still get the first day jitters. I still have to go in the bathroom before I walk in and like give myself a pep talk and like get myself geared up. It doesn't get easier. And you walk in, you're always going to feel uncomfortable. It's just the way it is because you're going into something brand new entirely. And so it's new people and new doctors and new systems you have to learn and protocols and people, you know, it just everything is brand new and there's so much to learn and you always go through this period of feeling uncomfortable. You don't really know where you fit in. You're trying to find your flow and figure out all the things 
And then it's like you start to feel comfortable and start to feel like you're part of the team and you're like, oh, I got this. It just becomes your new normal. And then before you know it, you're done. And then you have to do it all over again in a, in, in a couple of weeks or however long you're taking off. Like, so it's crazy. It, it's a lot. It really is. I don't know how many people can like be the new kid every day. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, you're every, because you're the new kid, there's this constant like, you know, you're constantly in there. You don't they don't know you and all these kind of things. And that's really tough to deal with. And mm-hmm. I think it's not talked about enough as a cool thing that travelers do. Yeah. And it's a cool um, I guess skill that we learn, but I think with that confidence builder. confidence builder, um, but with that, you know, with the million first days that you're going to have, you know, that, that comes with, if you look at it from a positive point of view, which we always try to, you know, we always do it. It's brought us a million first days has brought us a million different teachers, mm-hmm. a million different mentors, a million different ways of doing things correctly that we never knew existed. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about it. We are far better full-time or we're far better in our professions than we would have, than we got. Okay. Let me try that again. <laughs> we are far better now in our professions than we would have been if we would have stayed full-time yeah. at the facility. Because if you think about it, you're capped at your facility. You only do what your physicians want to do, what your facility does, what this, what it specializes in, and that is your cap of learning. When you travel, you are exposed to so many different procedures, so many different things. I literally had a conversation today with one of the radiologists because we were going to do an, uh, a superior vena cava filter, which it's always an inferior vena cava filter. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a typo. And I was like erasing it off the board. No, it's an IVC filter. And they were like, no, it's an SVC filter. And I was so perplexed. Like I have been to some of the most prestigious monster facilities around the nation. And not once have I had a conversation with any physician or any team about an SVC filter. Mm -hmm. And they said they've done a couple of them. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. I come to Oroville and find out about that. No, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I didn't really, I'm waiting to dive into that a little more when I get back. Um, I have been researching it. It's kind of interesting. But I found that about that here. And it's a case that I've never done before. And that's crazy because you can really, if you go into your, if you go into your first day and you really have a mentality that I like to say is a confident but open-minded approach, right? You're open-minded to the new things. You're open-minded to learn. You're open-minded to take what you've learned at other facilities and relearn, basically. Mm -hmm. But you're confident in your skills. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest kicker. I Mm -hmm. think that's the thing. You don't want to be passive and just, you know, act like you don't know how to do anything. You want to be confident in what you do, but you also want to be like, yo, I've never seen it done that way. That's amazing. Can you explain that to me? Because a lot of people look at, you know, questions and, and things like that as weakness. And I always say... Questions aren't weakness. Questions are, are you know, uh, a confident and uh, mentality, but also like you're wanting to improve. And a lot of people love that. Yeah. Questions are great. Questions, you know me, I love asking questions, but questions are a way for us to learn and to yeah. grow and to be better. Like I, I always say like, don't, don't feel silly because I feel like sometimes we feel silly like, oh, they think I probably should already know this. And I, right, and I or they get think that. I don't. Yeah. But I think, again, like questions are how we get better and how we learn. Like I love asking questions and listening to people talk because I feel like I learn so much. What's the, what do people say? Like talk less, listen more. Or something. Well, you you'll two be ears like this, and one mouth. Yeah. You, you'll be like the smartest person. We all want to like gab so much, but it's like the people who ask questions and just listen, like they're the ones who are... Doing all the things. Absolutely. Um, One thing I do want to say about that too, and this is a big, this is a big thing that I don't think is talked about a lot, or maybe it's like not a popular thing to say, but it's the truth. It does have a negative connotation. It does have a negative thing, but it, but again, this is kind of the reality reality of being a traveler is that there is this period of time that when you come into a new department, you essentially have to prove yourself. Or 
in a better way to say it is that they have to learn to trust you because just like you're walking in and you don't know anything about them, they don't know anything about you and they have to learn you too. And they have to learn how you fit in as well. And I think a lot of times, especially if you're, you know, you've been doing whatever you've been doing for however many years and you feel like you're, you know, solid in your skills and all the things, it can be a little off putting when you go to a place where you feel like maybe they're hovering or they're, you know, questioning you or they're teaching you things that you're like you learned in college right like it can be like it can be a little annoying and this is the first time I really have experienced that in a sense and and it wasn't it wasn't a negative experience at all but I just felt like you know my first couple of days the lead was you know hovering a little bit and they wanted to check every single exam I've never been in a place where they wanted to go over every picture and check every exam and they were so nice and like cool, but I felt like they were like going through things and teaching me basic things that I learned in college. And I was like, dude, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like, come on. Like it kind of was like annoying me a little bit, but I was confident and I, you know, didn't take it personally. I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get defensive. And after a couple of days, they're like, you're good to go. Like, you got this. Like, go get him, Tiger. You're on your own. Like, don't, you know. And come to find out after talking to them and getting to know them a little bit, they had had some people that had come through, you know, before me and didn't have the best experience. And so their guard was up and it had nothing to do with me. And remembering that as a traveler, most of the time it doesn't have anything to do with you. It just has to do with them learning somebody new and they don't know you. They don't know what you know. They don't know, you know, all of your skills. And so don't take it personally and really humble yourself and take a step backwards and be confident, but also just like know that that's kind of a part of the learning curve for all everybody involved. Well, yeah. I mean, thinking about it, number one, I want to say there was a study done and Jay Shetty talked about it at the summit of greatness, but He was giving this crazy stat about how many people lie on resumes. And I'm not saying that all of you listening lie on your resume, but understand that people know that. People that read resumes know that people embellish. And the number, I think it was like 70% of the lies that were given or embellishments or exaggerations was on their skills. Yeah. And if you look at it even a step farther from the hospital point of view, just because I know, I say that I know how to do ports. I don't know how the other facility did ports because they do them differently. Yeah. And there's different scenarios. Did I scrub or did I observe? Did I circulate or do I know how to do it? Like, do I know that product? And so there's a lot of things that you have to understand that other travelers come in and they might say they know how to do this, but that facility is is tainted based off of like the people that have come in and said they knew how to do things and they don't. Yeah. So your first couple days, you know, I always like to say is like, you know, sit back, observe, be confident, jump in, like really figure out the flow and not let your ego get in the way. A hundred percent. But like, just as another side note, this just happened today at work, but they had a traveler who said that they, they did CT and x-ray. So come to find out he doesn't do CT at all. And they hired him to do both. Right on the interview, he said, I do both, whatever. They brought him in, didn't do CT, made a big stink about it. Like, it was this whole nightmare. And you better believe the next traveler now that comes in is on the tail end of that. They're going to be probably asking more questions. They're going to probably hover a little bit and whatever, because this person set the tone for this whole thing. So, again, it's just kind of remembering you have no idea who's come and gone before you. And, um, yeah, it's, it's again, this is a real thing though with, with in our industry. hundred percent. And I mean, even my lead said that for the first two weeks, she was watching everything I did. Yeah. Who is this guy that's going to be teaching our newer techs? What is he going to be showing him? What are his skills? What does he know? He says he knows all this stuff, but does he really like put his money where his mouth is? And so that is out there. But again, it's not taking it personal and, being and it's humble. really being humble and being confident and confident in your skills. Yeah, exactly. But that can be tough for a lot of people, especially but then if don't you're... travel because it's part of it. I agree. Period. End I agree. of story. There's no, there's no way there's some facilities that 
aren't like that. It obviously depends on where you go in this situation, but it is a part of what we do. Like we've said, you're learning them, they're learning you. It's a whole situation and there's going to be this interim part where everybody's adjusting and trying to figure out their flow. And it's just part of the game. It is. Know that. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Well, this is something that we wanted to talk about, but then it was funny when we were actually talking about this talk, we didn't want to bring into it because we're not the experts because oh yeah we're not solo travelers but traveling solo is a lot of people's fears yeah. when they start traveling mm-hmm. and it's crazy because you and I have traveled together now we I don't know if you're going to are you going to say anything about your time traveling alone or yeah i mean Again, like Aaron said, we weren't even going to bring this up because it's not, obviously it's not our expertise. Like, hello, like we're a married travel couple. It's like our thing. But we have a lot of single travel friends and, you know, there's two sides to it. Like everything else, like, you know, they have met incredible people everywhere they've gone. They've met the best of friends because they put themselves out there because, you know, they make meeting people a priority. And so they have all these friends everywhere they live. And I actually like look at their Instagrams and have like FOMO and like jealousy. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, they have like friends all over they've the place. Experienced they it. have like so cool. But then on the flip side of that, having conversations with them, are there times that they definitely feel lonely And they wish they had a partner to go try this dinner place with or go on this hike with. And that, you know, like they feel... Making decisions. They don't have anybody to... Oh my God, yeah. Taking road trips by themselves if something goes wrong or or the car breaks down or they're on their own. It's a whole situation. So yes, just knowing that if you are a solo traveler, that there's two sides of it. Just like everything, you're going to have the time of your life and meet the best people in some situations. If you situations. put yourself out there. If you make that a priority and put yourself out there. And then on the flip side, are you totally going to have lonely days that you feel sad and miss home? What? Yeah. We, we travel together and I have days that I feel sad and miss home. So it's just part of it. And just kind of knowing that um, I think is important. Yeah. And I mean, Kim traveled on her own and she like freaking came back like a whole new person well it's it's funny because you know we traveled for seven years and we have taken contracts twice apart and the biggest one was when i went to illinois which i feel like should be its own like story because that was mm-hmm. such a wild time but i took a contract in the middle of the cornfields literally in illinois for six weeks so again it was six weeks i'm not trying to pretend i'm like some warrior like i was alone for six weeks which I know doesn't touch, you know, some of these travelers, but, um, but I, I was overwhelmed and I was nervous and I was anxious because we said there's a lot of moving parts with traveling. There's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of things to figure out. And I was doing that alone for the first time. And, and not only just alone traveling, it was the first time we had really even lived apart from each other. So I was going into this and I was nervous and, you know, one of the first things that happened is I get there and this was a tiny, tiny little town. There was not a lot going on. And the place that I had booked for my entire six weeks and I had paid for it, which is crazy. I get there and I stay the night and it was kind of sketchy, but I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll make it work, you know. And I go to work the next day, my first day. And of course, everyone's like, where are you staying? You know, whatever. And I tell them and they're like, listen, like, we don't want to freak you out. But you need to go leave and pack up your stuff and get the F out of there because it's basically like a huge drug trafficking area and like prostitute ring and not a good place to be. It no, wasn't they, a safe place for me to be. They literally made her leave work on her first day. And, and go pack and go up my pack stuff. Up. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I'm like, where am I going to go? Again, this would be something like, okay, Aaron and I will figure it out, whatever. I'm alone. So I'm like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. And grateful, you know, luckily there was a girl who was an angel and she was selling her home and she let me stay there. It was completely empty in the middle of the cornfields. I had an air mattress. That was it. And I stayed there for the six weeks. And, you know, long story short, it was... It was such a great opportunity for me because I did figure things out alone. I did make decisions alone. I was getting out of my comfort zone and doing things I probably normally wouldn't do because I would usually have you there with me. Mm -hmm. And I felt amazing and I felt so confident and I realized how much more capable (laughs) I am than I ever gave myself credit for. I remember you called me like your first week and you're like, how do I hook up the TV? 
Yeah, I had no clue. Those are things I would just be like, Aaron, will you do this? Mm -hmm. But he wasn't there, so I had to figure it out for myself. Mm -hmm. I And it's funny because I, so I did things like that where I had to like hook up the TV. I did yoga for the very first time there. It was like me and like the teacher because it was such a small town. But I thought like a one-on-one -on -one tr like yoga training session, which is like crazy. I was blogging. Mm -hmm. It was like I was doing all of these cool things. Like I felt so good. And I, of course, I knew I was coming back in a couple of weeks. But I came back a different person. And so, again, I, I preface that to say I understand six weeks has nothing to do with people who travel for years That's and years point. alone. But my point was is that we can... If we look at traveling in, in that kind of a perspective of like, this is an opportunity to learn, to grow, to get better, to have more confidence in myself, to really learn to trust myself more. I think it's a really, um, it's a really cool thing that we can do. Well, hundred percent. You said, you said you came back a different person. Literally, I dropped Kim Gibson off at the airport and picked up Beyonce. I know. I like, was like, she oh, was like I don't need you anymore. I, I love like, you, but I don't need you. Yeah. I, I can do all these things. I was on like, my let me own. hook up the TV for you tonight. I am like, I literally, she was, it was cool because it was a very positive thing because she was like, all the things that I rely on you to do, I can do on my own now. Yeah. And it was a weird kind of like mental fuck at one point. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't need me anymore? Like, that's weird. You go off and do one contract. And yeah. I'm like, like a like, new woman. That was crazy. But it really did strengthen our relationship because then it really evened out the playing field where we were just two individual people kicking ass in the same direction. Yeah. And it's really cool because if you really look at traveling, you know, this is a pro to the traveling solo and you have to think. You make more decisions that are extremely, extremely important and very tough, tough, tough decisions. You make more of those decisions in three to six months than most people do in their entire lives. And they're quick decisions. And they're quick decisions. Yeah. And you have to rely on your gut and you yep. have to really rely on your instinct and your intuition and your your faith, um, whatever faith mm -hmm. that is. And you have to learn to listen to that. But what I think is really cool is if you travel solo and you are ready to step out there and you're ready to be confident and you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, it allows you the opportunity. It welcomes that opportunity and you actually get to become your own superhero. Yeah. And that is what's really freaking cool because again, it's like the decisions that we've made, even individually, like having to feel things out and make a decision. Boom. I never had to make those decisions when I was home. Yeah. And these are very vital decisions to where we end up and how our yeah, life goes. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And you also have to be able to pivot at the drop of a hat and be yeah okay you have to be it. like flexible yeah which is funny because i'm like such i'm like a recovering control freak i am i work on it all the time i'm still controlling in so many ways but i will say traveling has helped me become more relaxed because like Aaron said like you have a plan but you have to be flexible within that plan because on the road, things do not always go as planned and there's different pivots and decisions that you have to make. And I think it's just helped me just become a more confident, more at ease person with every contract. 100%. 100%. So be your own superhero. Put those hands on your hips and stand there for it 20 really seconds. Does work. And it really does work. If you're feeling scared or nervous, put your hands on your hips, stand like your superhero. And it really does. There's a study out there. I don't know what it, it is. It sounds cheesy, but it... I can't quote it, but they actually do say that it does change your perception. I think it changes like your energy, like just yeah. your overall, like your vibes, your 100%. feelings. It's not like we said, we did that at a conference too, where they like had us do that. Was it? Yeah, it was at the Summit of Greatness. Oh my gosh, everything You're comes taking back all to the that. things to Summit of Greatness. Holy but remember God. they had us do it and at first I was like, this is kind of cheesy, but then there was something about it. I was like, maybe it's just like a mindset thing or placebo, but I was like, wow, like I actually do kind of feel stronger and more confident and like ready to go. So it's true. I anyways, forgot I was at the summit. All right, the last thing that we're gonna say or the last thing we'll talk about is um every this isn't really a pro or a con, it's just something mm -hmm. that we do that we have found to add a lot of value to our traveling experience. So before we start any contract, we always set a new intention or a goal, something that we want to achieve and work towards during the specific contract. So it can be any goal that you want to set for yourself. It can be a financial goal. It can be a health and fitness goal. It can be a social goal, a personal goal. Like maybe you want to work on making new friends and putting yourself out there socially for this contract. 
Um, or it could be something clinical, something you want to work on and get better at in your modality at your new contract. So whatever it is, but choosing something that you want to work towards, it just gives your contract more purpose and more meaning and it helps us get out of like the day-to-day grind of just going through the motions and having that like focus I don't know it just helps with momentum and like keeping things going especially when things feel hard or you're having like yuck days you're like what am I working towards what am I focusing on and so that's really really helped us and this for this contract our goal was to by the end of it by the end of the three months to pay off all of our credit card debt. And that was something... Which we did a podcast on. Yeah, which we did a whole podcast on. You could go back and listen to that whole story. But we did it. And it, and it really, it was such an amazing feeling because on days that we were like dragging and we didn't want to go, we're like, when we clock in, it's one step closer to reaching our goal. Well, Friday, I'm making the last payment. I know. It's like a moment. We worked so hard for this. And honestly, that was my driving force. Like, it kept me going. It was just like boom, like one step closer, like getting this credit card down. Like I was so excited and fueled by that, that it kept me in the zone. Like I need, I thrive in that kind of environment where if I'm working towards something, I stay in the zone and an intention helps me stay in that zone. Well, there was times that, you know, literally both Kim and I were like so tired or we were so drained from, you know, planning with TravCon and, and, you know, traveler school and all the things and then getting up early and going to the contracts and then you have a bad day or something. Literally, you know, you're just waiting for somebody to be like, hey, we're slow. You can go home. But there was a lot of us, you know, a lot of times that we both were there looking at each other like, no, that extra hour is an extra payment on the credit card and we're excited to be here. Thank God for these jobs and these contracts because they're allowing us to live the life of freedom that we want to live. So it's exactly saying what you were saying about when you have those bad days, it really pushes you and it really does put a smile on your face and it, it shows what you're grateful for with these contracts yeah. and when you can really focus on what you're grateful for, yeah. all the other stuff goes away. 100%. 100%. And just makes it so much easier. I focus. I had such gratitude because I was like, this is setting us up for our future and I'm so grateful for these jobs. Every time I clock in, like, thank you, Lord. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I can honestly tell you, you know, you said it wasn't a pro or a con, but I, I completely disagree with that and I think it is the biggest pro of traveling. I think this is the number one thing. Um, time off is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. The financial freedom is great. The financial, you know, backing that traveling provides. But literally, I can tell you right now that... Traveling has opened up so many doors that Kim and I never thought possible. Like literally when we were sitting in our house in Florida, like we talked about, I never thought sitting here in front of you guys was possible. Yeah. Never knew I would even want to do this. But traveling has opened up this door for us to really teach and grow and learn. And I can tell you one thing, we've had some amazing external successes. But I can, I I firmly, firmly feel that I am so much more proud of my internal growths that traveling has given us Mm -hmm. because the gift is you get a fresh start every 13 weeks, every six months, maybe you get to actually evaluate. You get to see what works, see what didn't you get to actually, you know, if you had a tough time, you could evaluate what was rough about it. And I want to take it into my next contract and get better at it because that is the coolest, coolest, coolest thing ever is you start fresh. You literally start fresh mm-hmm. and you might you might know somebody because traveling is a small world, but on the most part you don't know the people that you're going into. So you get to try things on for size, see how it works and so come out on the other side such a better person. It's just it's just in such all a, the ways. In all yeah. the ways, it's such an amazing gift that that, that chance to refresh and restart. I always say traveling is not just this external wild adventure we get to go on which it is and it's such a a plus in that way but it's also this really in-depth deep dive internal journey that you get to go on with yourself and it will forever change you in all the ways in all the good ways if 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 that's your intention and your perspective around it which it is ours Mm -hmm. and so we're always asking ourselves how can we grow how can we be better how can we learn from this how can we you know do better you know all we're always asking ourselves these questions and we're always trying to step more into who we really are and the best versions of ourselves and traveling gives us this platform to be able to play with that and 
I'm forever grateful well, for I this mean, opportunity. Two contracts ago, I was talking about the fact that, yeah, I was burnt out. Yeah, I was feeling a certain way, but it was like I was coming home and I was feeling drained and I was feeling tired and I felt like the hospital was sucking the life out of me and all these things. And it was just, okay, you know what? I'm going to go in my next contract and I'm just going to be proud to be there. I'm going to be happy to be there. I'm going to be happy to serve. I'm going to be happy to be a, a part of a team. I'm going to be happy to learn and meet new people. Yeah. And I went in with that focus. And it has totally changed how I show up every day. Yeah. And that was just two contracts ago. Right. It's just a, percep- a perception. It always is. It's like your mind is so powerful. You choose how you go in and like what mindset you're going to have. But that's a daily practice in its own of like remembering that. It every is. Day. But I feel like when you when you're at your when you're at your hometown or you're at your facility that you've been forever, mm-hmm. people know you from way back. And so then as you start to change, it just it feels a little it can be more difficult. And that's where traveling is so awesome because, again, it's a fresh start every 13 Well, yeah, weeks. because uh, like you said, I mean, traveling gives you, I think, a more safe place to grow mm-hmm. because you are able to um, play and explore different sides of yourself without the, uh, the I don't even want to say judgments because I'm not saying people are judging you, but without the people judging you because they feel like they already know you Mm -hmm. because everybody you meet is for the first time on assignment and they don't know you. So you Mm -hmm. get to kind of bring out other parts of yourself and see what feels right and feel, see what feels good and just have fun getting to know yourself and peeling back the layers and um, bringing different parts of yourself to life. And I love it. So let's end with that. So that's it. Um, Again, this was awesome. This was, I love this. I love this topic. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we are going to end it and we will be back next week with another topic. We have no idea what it's going to be, but um, stay tuned. Every yeah. Tuesday. And if you guys, again, if you're sticking with us, if you're here to the end, um, definitely go leave us a review, share this with your friends, um, write us an email, let us know what you thought about this. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. You can go to freedomandscrubs.com and do all of that, and we will see. Well, and if you are a healthcare traveler, because obviously this podcast was geared specifically for healthcare travelers, we have a Facebook group, Travel Life Freedom and Scrubs, that is geared specifically for healthcare travelers, where we do trainings and different things to help travelers set themselves up for success. So make sure to follow us there. And we also have Traveler and School. And in Traveler School, which is our online course for healthcare travelers, which basically walks you through step-by-step everything that you need to know to set yourself up for success and make the most money and just have the best experience possible. Mm-hmm. And then you can follow us on Instagram, at Kim and Aaron G and our story is really where we hang out the most. We are on there every single day. It's kind of like a daily vlog and we also share travel tips and our adventures and all of that. So check out all of the things and hopefully you got some value from this episode. Let us know your takeaways and we will see you guys next week. We will. Bye-bye. Bye. Deuces.